Imagine us on a tandem bike. Would I be in front? I would for sure be in front, right? Yeah, because you would set the pace. At two miles an hour? <laughs> oh my goodness. No I don't offense. know. Uh, <laughs> you're just way bigger than me. I would, <laughs> and you're like, keep pedaling. You got it. I would just be you, sitting you just there. Be sitting on and it. I would have you pedal the whole time. Oh my time. gosh. That's a If we, we were going downhill, balance, we could maybe man. do it. I don't know if we get a balance. We should try to ride a tandem bike. Like season one, that that our picture is that, and then season two, our picture is us on a tandem bike together. <laughs> How funny would that be if this thing goes for more than two seasons? I don't hey know. Man, you never How much know. is a season? Never know. At least one. Do we even need seasons? I mean, you got. I don't know why I said got, it like there's seasons. You got like years. Uh, winter. Winter, spring, summer, summer fall. fall. Wow, that's yeah. what you thought of when I said seasons. Oh, yeah. I thought of like a TV show. Like seasons of love. <laughs> <laughs> seasons of love. Mm. <laughs> why, why did you make that sound <laughs> after it? That instantly made it, it way just, weirder. It was nice. Mm. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the smooth sounds of smalls and talls. And we're back. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Anyways, so today... (laughs) Previously on smalls and talls... We talked about music and artists. Whoa, get out of town. Isn't that crazy? No. Previously on smalls and talls podcast... Out and he records like somebody saying something cool, or he like watches an Instagram video and takes their stuff and makes it into some unreal like dance, like crazy music, like awesome. Brettigan is amazing. Um, and then Jacob Collier. Yep. Do you know Jacob? I do know, dude. His stuff is like weird, Un- but in like an amazing unreal. way. He he bends genres. genres I feel like, like we need an unreal count in this because I know both <laughs> you and I have said it. I say unreal a lot. In that's my a good. Day-to-day. Hey, there are way worse words yeah, to say. By true. the way, I just I just had to that's go so there funny. anyway. That's, yeah. So we actually we just finished talking about our top five artists currently. Um, and, and, and so I think there's a lot that goes into that, right? Because. You're into production, right? Obviously, shout out to you and what you're doing. Obviously, we'll talk about that a little bit. But I think production, well, I don't think. I know production is a big part of music, right? Obviously, recorded music, but also, I think, to a certain degree, live music. So we're going to talk about, like, our top concerts that we've been to. I love concerts. You love concerts. We all scream for concerts. Um Sometimes I forget you're a dad, and then you say something like that, and I'm like, ah. Ah, there it is. There it is. The cringe moment. There's always at least one, (laughs) Um, and it's always from me. (laughs) But, but yeah, I think before we get into that, like, once again, we both love music. Mm -hmm. If If they didn't know by the last episode that we love music, 
and not country music. I, I we did not, not a, bring we this didn't up. Bring it up. But I think it was heard. I think it. No, it was I, I think we said it one of our other, or we talked about it at Briefly least for a moment probably. because yeah. neither you or I like country music. Yeah, not big fans, but like nothing against it. No, I mean they've Great got genre. skill. Yeah, man. Oh, absolutely. I think it's the least malleable genre. Hmm. See, then my wife loves country. I think we talked yeah. about it because we were talking about T Swift. Yeah. And, oh, and that's she facts. was listening to. Oh, and that'll tie in great to this. It will actually. That was and, my and first again, concert ever. Nothing against T Swift, right? Oh, to nothing. be fair, amazing. Mm-hmm. I do not love her initial stuff. Not because it isn't good. It's more country. Yeah. And and it's nothing against it. This is just me. Uh, my wife was playing it the other day, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's okay." I, I'm just I'm more into pop and you know stuff like that, so it, it it doesn't resonate as much with me. I guess is the right word for it. Yeah, 1989 though, I love that album, and that was that was my first concert. It was 1989 with Did my sister. Did it sisters. come out in 1989? <laughs> no. Gosh, guys, I had to. Great album. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No, but but I think once again, like production plays into all of it. So once again, I would not say I have studied production at all. I am simply enjoy music. Based on the last episode, I know you listen. You have an ear for production that you don't know you have. I'm sorry, what? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. <Anyways>. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that, and I think part of that is just I love like. Once again, high school singing in an acapella choir. I enjoy, I'm not necessarily like a great singer by any means, but like I enjoy You're better than music. You're Fair. being humble. <laughs> you want me to be prideful? I'm the best freaking singer that's out there. Yeah. It's true. No, it's not. But uh, like I, I enjoy it. I love harmonies. I love being able to be a part of those harmonies and singing them like something about a choir and like you hitting those perfect notes. And the resonance that hits that, oh my gosh, man. So good. But but anyway, so like because I enjoy music, because I've sang, because like I've done those things, fair enough. I probably understand it more than some, yeah. but not more than you, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's game just because I game. have an obsession <laughs> of, of music production and, and what goes into a song and instruments and just man but but that's why i'm excited to talk about it because we both love music right and so like i think there's so much that goes into a song how artists perform in a studio as well as live and so i think a lot of this will be for focus focus right (laughs) um we'll be focused on that live portion but i also want to cover a little bit about what we have already talked about with just how artists produce their music and prepare it absolutely so i turn to you my guru in all <laughs> things production what makes a good song wow what a yeah no question. i just i went there i went broad because i know there's a lot that goes into it um and, and maybe i should clarify for you yeah um i simply put um beautiful melodies and then 
if you can build on that, you've got something that can work. Just like this podcast. <sighs> Beautiful melodies. Beautiful melodies. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> like, there's something about stringing together a bunch of melodies with harmonies and different things and chord progressions, um, at, no matter the instruments that you're playing, that can work so good to uh, elicit an emotion. And regardless of if it's happy, sad, if it's powerful, if it's it's moody, if it's dirt, like whatever you're trying to per, uh, produce, like you can you can nail it, or you can totally freak it up, and like it is what it is. It it doesn't need a crazy beat, or it could have the best beat in the freaking world, and you can appreciate that. But it, it you play to what the song needs, and. Good artists and good songs happen when you're letting the song write itself hmm. instead of writing the song. Um, John Bellion talks about, and you you mentioned in um, in the last one uh, when you were reading about John Batiste and how some people are the the most searched thing or whatever was is he a genius? Right. right. John Bellion talks about this, and I think it's in the Greek culture. Don't quote me on that, but a genius initially before America and society in English like whatever we did to frick up the word <laughs> genius <laughs> genius was a spirit that came and visited you for a time and then mm. left and then whatever pop culture and all this stuff it turned to I'm the genius and I like it that's me and I'm the one and John is very just he considers himself not like not a genius, but he he considers himself one that uh, genius as a spirit or whatever you want to call it. He's been divinely inspired to write songs. He's got mm. a lyric in one of his songs called "Cautionary Tales," where he's, uh, "I wrote to the sky, it opened it opened and God played a song he recorded. He wrote it down, but he only plays the record for his wife sometimes. Oh wow, which is beautiful. And I know for a fact my guy has sat there and been insanely inspired and he probably has songs that God has played for him and regardless of if you believe in God this that the other but sure. he is a Christian he he believes in in God right and God's for sure played him songs that he holds so sacred to him that he only plays it for his wife my respect for John Bellion just went from like just I I already liked the guy but that's <laughs> Yeah, whether or not you believe, I think the inspiration that comes to an artist is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I don't know, letting the song write itself and Mm. taking it where it needs to go. And there's good producers that are able to take it where it is taking you rather than forcing it to go somewhere. Because regardless of this, that, the other, record labels, I think are a big reason why songs aren't as well written as they could be because shots fired <laughs> right and you can for good reason shoot I'd... fires at me <laughs> shoot, fire. <laughs> shoot shots at me Dang it. Ah, shoot, shoot fires. fires at me record labels <laughs> oh my gosh but like they they're trying to write hits obviously right? yeah and they hits do well, they, they want to make wonders money. for them yeah absolutely right. and it makes for good sense reason. but like if you're willing to just let the song write itself the songs that are hits and the songs that are popular are going to be popular regardless. Well, and let's be real. If an artist is passionate about that song, you can hear it. Yes. You can hear the difference in those tell. that are actually into their music versus, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Which crazy. I think, I think a lot of days now, like now 
that's why things are like co-written sometimes by those artists, right? They yeah. don't necessarily write the whole thing or or sometimes have not all even the tracks. Any of it. Yeah. Or they'll change a word, but they they just sing on it, and and that's not talked about enough. No. Like there's so many artists, so many artists that they don't write their stuff. That's also true. And that's okay. Oh yeah. There's a place for everybody in music, but um, you can just be the vocalist and be a really freaking good vocalist, like Justin Bieber. He doesn't write a lot of his stuff. He co-writes most, but a lot of his stuff is written for him. But but also, I think he gets into his music, right? Yeah. Like, that is the thing. Like, he does evoke that emotion. We were talking about Ghost, mm-hmm. right? Where he thought about his grandpa, yeah. you know? And so, I think e- even if you don't write your music, you, it can still strike that chord with you to oh, be absolutely. able to, sh- shall I say, emote. <laughs> Yes, you shall. <laughs> I know it was the lead up to it, which I did that on purpose, by the way. Because I try and emotion. That's that's a that's a bar. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> Once again, if you haven't listened to our other podcasts, we talk about um, different slang that's used through the eras. Uh, it, it yeah, it was funny. Beautiful, be- be- beautiful melodies. Beautiful mind. But I don't know if that really answers your question, but there you well, go. I mean, once again, I think like we could spend hours talking about how yeah. to produce a good song. Right. And part of that is because that that's what you're learning. That's what you're growing in. That's that's what you're focused on, especially with uh, Hive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hive studio sessions. I'm trying to start a studio. Yeah, so like I, said, I want plug. to produce music. I want to score films. I want to do all of that like that. That is my bread and butter. That's what I love. So. Thank you. And I will do the voice acting. There you go. <laughs> That'd be sweet. That'd um, be awesome. I'm going to I'm gonna say one more thing about uh, what yeah. makes a good song, especially like per- production-wise. If you, for the average listener, because there's, there's listeners like me that I'm paying attention to it regardless, but for the average listener, if you aren't li- thinking about how it's produced, it's a good song. Ooh. Ooh, and this, and this too. If you can, regardless of how much it's produced, how how much is digital, how much is live, whatever, if you can strip it down and you can play it with a voice and a piano or a voice and a guitar or some strings and it still is a good song, that's what makes a good song, period. Ooh. And regardless of if you put that version out, regardless of this, that, the other, that's always, and I will die on this hill, that can always be a litmus test of if if a song is good is if you can play it with just a piano and a voice, a guitar and a voice, or like some strings, and it's beautiful. It's a good song, period. And then you can put out whatever version you want, production, like super produced, super stripped down, whatever you want. If it's still a good song when you just sit down and play it, super stripped back. That's deep, man. Yeah. No and jokes. That's when like... you know a song's good. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. It doesn't. Like simplicity behind it all, right? We we try and go go big or go home. Yeah. And usually it's the simple you know stuff. You it's crazy? I was listening to a podcast the other day with Phineas on it, and he was talking about uh, a certain song that he wrote. I think it's Mona Lisa um, that he was talking about. But there's like these guitar parts on there, and it's just like some very simple strumming and stuff. But like when you solo those out and you just listen to the guitar, 
it's like some very mediocre guitar playing. And I'm not criticizing Phineas. He's pro- he's honestly way better than me at guitar, right? I'm not like saying that I'm better or whatever. But he would say that he's like very mediocre. And he he said it in the podcast. He's like, I wish we had the stem files, which is like all of the individual tracks, all right. of the the guitar, the bass, whatever. It's like I wish we had that for most music or all music. I wish we could look at that because you'd be surprised at how many hits, how many how many big um big like if you could just listen to what they were playing, it was like, oh, that like wasn't like great, but like a bunch of not great things together sound amazing. And like that's okay. And he was talking about it and he's like, I could get like a really good guitarist to come in here and play a super simple like strum thing. Or I could just play it because, like, I, I know how to play guitar and, like, it's not that hard. And it's good enough. And it's good enough. It doesn't need to be the best thing in the world. Here's here's a little take for you. And this is <sighs> tangent and I'm really bad at these. You better all be sitting down for this one. <laughs> Everybody sit down. This is this is crazy. And if you're driving, well, there you go. <laughs> you're already sitting. Um, don't stand hope. while you're driving, please. Yeah. <laughs> please don't stand and drive. That's, like, worse than drinking and driving. No, well... Whoa! <laughs> oh, don't stand. Yeah, we're gonna table that one <laughs> for sure. Don't stand. We're starting a new movement. Don't, don't stand, stand and drive. And drive. <laughs> I can't stand and drive. The only you, way I can stand I could. and drive is if I had a sunroof, and even then, I'd probably get stuck. <laughs> that would be hilarious. No, it would. I'd That's have to be sawzawed out of. Season three picture is Eustace <laughs> in a sunroof. Once again, why you think we I need seasons I just, on this? I think it's funny. <laughs> Anyways, okay, here's office. my little tangent. When I was probably like 14, 15-ish, um, I remember sitting in the car, and I don't remember who was in the car, if it was family, friends, or whatever, um, but they were all talking about music, and they were like, oh, the music in the 70s, 80s, like, so good, and like, it's just, the stuff nowadays is not good Back compared to, my like, day one. right? Yeah. You know, like, music is not good anymore, and like, all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, like, I see where you're coming from. And now, after, like, appreciating music and listening to all of that stuff now, like, mm-hmm. I see where they're coming from. They don't understand the production that went into that versus now. Because back then, for you to make it big, you had to get signed. And so you're at a big record label. Mm-hmm. And the record label is saying, okay, we're going to get the best guitarist, the best bassist, the best... And they got the best of everybody in the room to play their song for them. And so it was all of the best playing all of the best all the time. And so the, the songs that got produced to the public and got made on vinyl and all this stuff, the stuff that people heard in their day to day, those songs in the seventies and the eighties and even the early nineties, like that was very controlled, very controlled nowadays Mm. for, for all these people that are like music nowadays and isn't good. Well, it's because you had the best in the world playing on every single song that you were listening to. And the, all of those bands that you loved, it was probably a very similar guitarist, if not the same guitarist on those bands that you loved, that's unreal, so talented. But the, the studio just had them go to all of these sessions and play the guitar for it because they were the best guitarist, period. And so they're going to put out the best possible product because it was expensive to make vinyl. And that's how you were listening to music a lot back then, right? Crazy. Hmm. And nowadays, it's I can make all of that in my bedroom. I can make all of that right here. And like, it's just music is taking a whole shift. And so obviously, they're not going to love everything that's coming out today because 
it's not controlled. It's well, messy, and that's okay. Well, well, but even then, too, and, and I agree with you, and I mm-hmm. think it's an interesting thing to think about, right? But even then, in the time when things are made, there are a lot of critical people. Oh, for sure. So you think about movies, you think about music, whatever it is. A lot of times during that time, it, it it's kind of a hit and miss thing. But now looking back on it, it has become such a bigger thing because of what they have done. And people recognize that. Yeah. And specifically talking to music, it, and I'm not saying this is always the case, right? Yeah. But I think there are moments where it's like, okay, I don't know why this is what pops in my head. The Star Wars prequels. Yeah. People have a lot of opinions on it. I don't care who you are. And I'm not like a hardcore Star Wars fan or anything. Yeah. But those came out when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. People hated on those things like crazy. And now people are going back to them saying, these were incredibly re- well written. I don't care what you believe on this, whatever, yeah. blah, yada, yada. But I think it's that example of like, okay, there were things that were written in that time that people probably thought like, ugh, I don't know, this isn't great. But now people are like, no, are you kidding me? This is one of the best written tracks I've heard in a long time. And when it's compared to everything else that's going on around it. Yes. Right? Because I think especially like with your Star Wars or Star Wars reference, like the prequels are so good now because we're looking at the ones that just came out and we're like, these suck, <laughs> right? And like stuff like that. It's like but but the one skin in twenty years, what's going to be the opinion on those things? They might be great, or they might still be awful. And that's it takes time and it takes history scope to look back through, to be able to appreciate those things. And so we can't be throwing out all of these opinions, these twenty four hour reviews right now. Of course we can. Well, we can. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like me with uh, Glory Sound Prep. I talked about this in the last episode. Like, if I had just gone based off my first. Op- initial opinion mm-hmm. i would have never realized my favorite body of work ever when it comes to music and and how important that has become in my life like that is me in music it's crazy but that's because you've grown with it too mm-hmm. and i think that's that's the other thing music invokes along with emotion is that feeling of growth right as we grow in our lives and all facets of our lives, the music evolves with us too. Yeah. Take that as a tagline. The music evolves with us too. I mean, I need that tatted on my forearm. (laughs) 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 Yeah, because you're going to do that. Um, Yeah. Fake tattoo, right? One of those 24 hour ones. (laughs) But, but no, and once again, we could talk about production for forever i think we could go back and forth on this i think it'd be a fun thing to continue to talk through but i think the other piece of that is how that pertains to live music because mm-hmm. once again a production in a studio totally different live way different but it can affects be. the live performance well and this is something for me what makes a good live performance and i think we'll talk through that as we talk through different bands for me if a band or group or artist sounds just as good if not better live i have more respect for them mm-hmm. absolutely 100 percent. and i understand technology what they can do with mics you can auto-tune stuff fair enough fair yeah. enough but not all artists lip sync 
or, <laughs> you know, use auto tune or yeah. like, and they're jumping around the stage and still singing their songs. Here's, here's my, my take on concerts. I love, 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 love when a band or an artist or whatever, they don't play to tracks or like perform to tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you need this, that, the other, that's great. But like when you, <laughs> Hey, Lo, you okay? Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Something about concerts. <laughs> They're good. No. They're good. <laughs> uh, tracks. Oh, yeah. If you can... Um... <laughs> well, I don't know. I got cold the other day. I just needed more blankets. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, different different tracks. So, so you're saying what, one of the things, yeah, let's get back on <laughs> track ADD. here. Oh. Track, let's get back on track. <laughs> um, one of the things that you appreciate is when artists don't use tracks oh, yeah. in a live when, performance. When you're not singing on top of mm-hmm. like a, a pre-made track, when you're able to build out the track, either build it out live, which is so sick. 21 Pilots does it unreal. They're like one of my, oh, crazy what they do. Or if you're able to like have a live band on stage and perform your stuff or different versions of your stuff, if you're able to like play either more acoustic or more just feel out the instruments that you have and what you're able to make based on the musicians that are on stage or if it's just you and a keyboard. I went and saw Quentin Kane, who's a good artist, whatever. Um, he was he had a band, he had a drummer and he had a guitarist and this, that, the other. But a lot of it was just him at a keyboard and him at a guitar and it was great like he 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 is a very talented musician so i don't know it depends (laughs) like all things right like all things no but i think another big part too with and we can start diving into you know concerts we've been to and stuff like that which we both love concerts um how much you listen to an artist after you hear them because I think of, that's telling of how the concert was. 100%. It, and I think part of that too is like, in some cases I've been to concerts and I, you know, I listen to them beforehand to kind of get their music down. Yeah. But then I'll go back and listen to it after. And I may not listen to it as much, but I'm not sick of it when I go back and listen to it. And that for me is huge. Yeah. Because I can tell you sometimes I've listened to a song so much that I'm like, I can't listen to this anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I think that happens every day with all of us. So, so let's let's dive in. Best concerts, and from this is no particular order. Okay. Um. Maybe I'll go with some of the one like the lower level ones first, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and that for me is going to be acapella concerts. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean by that is like I've I've been to acapella, Eclipse Six, some local stuff. And they're great. Top of my list right now that I want to see is Pentatonix because, yeah, they're, once again, top five artists. They're great live if they've got their mixing down. Be- that's so true. And, and it, I think that's true of most artists. But once again, acapella is a different thing entirely because you don't have tracks. You, don't, you are the track. Yeah. And so if you're off pitch... If you it, want to know what bugs me so much at concerts? What? You've got a guy. You've got a sound guy. You've got a guy that's sitting there on the mixing board, and when their voice isn't loud enough, 
that the, the audience can't hear it and you can't tell. All he's got to do is just slide that dial up just a little bit. Dude, the carpal don't. tunnel, I mean. I'm they do their soundtrack and they're like, oh, it's good. And it's like, it's totally different when there's a whole crowd there. Yeah, so yeah. like, will you just bump it up just a little bit? Because sometimes I can't hear them. That's a good point. That's a very that, good point. That bugs me so much live. Yeah. And it, anyway, sorry. It, no, but once again, I think that plays into it, the volume, mm-hmm. the mixing of the different mics, because you've got. And the instruments. Four, five, yeah. six, seven to maybe 10 people all singing different things if one of them's off if the beat's off if one of them's singing a little low a little high a little flat a little sharp you really hear it. Insane. And, and to be fair i i probably am not as nitpicky as i could be sometimes with those because live you know you're in the ambiance feeling it it's fun but those are crazy concerts because the performance has the, to be on. the mess ups are are noticeable. very obvious yeah. and, and i've been to some of them where they put too much emphasis on the bass which let's be real hard to do because the bass is usually lower <laughs> harder to hear yeah. but sometimes it's like that almost subwoofer too loud and you lose some of the other pieces to it when they do that so yeah. i think for acapella specifically they have to be mixed well but i love those type of concerts for the talent and what they do in there and i think if I would have been to a Pentatonix concert. They would be at the top in that category. Oh, for sure. So more a shout out to like, they're really good, but it's dependent upon everything going into it for that one specifically. Yeah. All right, everybody. I'm sorry to keep doing this to you, but if you would like to hear the rest of this episode where we finish talking about concerts, you're going to have to tune in next week um, for the part two of this episode. Um, Thank you for listening, though. Thank you to everybody who keeps listening to these. Uh, we appreciate it. We're gonna we're gonna keep putting these out because we enjoy doing it. Um, and if if you could share it with any family or friends, and if you keep enjoying it, share it with um, share it with people. That that'd be really great and help us out a ton. So again, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week with the next episode.